0: The first question we ask everybody who come on the show is, uh, when you first made it to the NBA, who was the first person to bust your ass?
1: Man, uh, I'm going to keep this real with y'all, man. My ass got busted real early, man. I came (laughs) into the league, man. I was 19. You know how some of them vets, man, they play you to the T, man. I got played down in Boston one night. We was playing uh, Boston Celtics. So the great Larry Bird. You know, I'm from Indiana. Larry's from Indiana. I knew about the history of Larry. But I didn't realize how he really got down. <laughs> when we got to when we got when we got to Boston that morning, I knew something wasn't right. I saw an X man. He was limping around the court a little bit, like he was sore. I figured he'd be all right, you know, Xavier McDaniel. Xavier McDaniel. I figured he'd be all, all right, right. by the next time. I go to the game on the early bus. I get there. They come out on the court. They say, "Hey, Sean, uh, you starting the night against uh, Larry?" And I was like, "What? Well, <laughs> <"Damn>. Okay. <Oops." laughs> I'm all for it, though. You know, so um, the X men he didn't play. He had a sore knee. But my point to you is this: uh, Larry gave me, he gave me, uh, he gave me fifty and three quarters. Oh my! <laughs> oh my.
0: <laughs> he was he was hitting everything, and he talked to me the
1: whole entire game. What he, What'd he say? You. Well, first of all, he asked me to jump ball. He said, "You the kid that broke all my records in high school, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's me." <laughs> he goes, yeah, He's the one that used to dunk my brother, too, right? Like Eddie. And I was like, yeah, that's me. He said, I got you oh. tonight. Nice. So every shot he was calling, at the defensive end, he would tell me, he'd be like, when I get down to the other end, I'm going to pump face you, get an one on you, look at you, pull off the yeah.
2: That's how cold Larry Bird was. Mm. <laughs> yo 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 we live on location me and d miles are still here in orlando but we got them 5g we got them bars we getting connected with at&t 5g and we got we this one is this one is special y'all This both of our one our all-time favorites y'all this is this is the rain man coming my og straight up dream team 2 hall of fame seattle supersonics legend hey Give it up for the rain, man, Sean Kim. We appreciate you, OG. No doubt. We love that you came up on us for this. No, man, I appreciate y'all having me.
0: When I was coming up, you know, I watched nothing but Michael Jordan and the Michael Jordan. It was Sean Kemp. and I got this this VCR tape that I've been having since like eighth grade, that I Ooh. traded my Nintendo games for <laughs> and I watched this motherfucker sure every day from eighth grade on to twelfth grade. And this was like my hype. Tape. It just had to go in every day, some part of my day, man. But I just wanted to show you this, man, to show like to this day, I still got this motherfucker. This how much you mean to me. I'm D-Miles because of Sean Kemp.
1: I got one question, man. And when we was playing against each other, I, if I remember, he was trying to tomahawk dunk on me. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> I watched this, because I knew what you was trying to do to me. <laughs> like I studied it. Like like this was, I knew every move, every every way you did it, man. And this was it for me, man. And like I said, you that guy for me. So this definitely is an honor and, and a pleasure to have you here and doing this for us, bro. My
2: eighth grade basketball number was 40 because of the rain, man, Sean Kemp. That's on my yeah. life. No lies. Straight throat. up. It means a lot. What it's, it's all about,
1: a lot of people don't realize, it's not necessarily about money, man, but the fact that you can inspire other people. So the fact that I, I was able to inspire you guys, you should just imagine some of the guys y'all have been able to inspire throughout the years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Y'all played in LA and East Coast also. So, you know, that, that type of love, that's good luck, Man. Straight up. That's the understanding that sometimes people don't have the nature of knowing about the NBA.
0: Yeah. The love
1: goes extremely places.
0: That's what we do it for. That's what we do it for, for that love.
1: I can appreciate the talk, for real.
0: Straight up. So uh, Indiana Concord High School, that's where it all started. That's how you got there. I heard your sister was the, the baller of the family, though, first, before you kind of made a well, name for yourself. Like, how was that yeah. just growing up, a big sister that that was rough on her little brother and trying to get him to get on that level.
1: Man, rush still rough on me, but you know, um, the truth that we told, man, my sister was a, she was a good ball player, she had some feet problems, so she didn't play past college, but she was the best in the family at playing basketball. Kinda of taught me the toughness of the game. And what I mean by that, we sometimes as kids, we the fans of the game, we like the finger rolls, we like the dunks, the behind the back passes, but, to really understand the game of basketball, you got to know the toughness of it. To, be able to go inside the paint, get rebounds, to be the toughness of it. So she really taught me the intangibles of the game. And, you know, it's one of the things I tell you, all I Man, I was raised by mostly women. So a lot of times people think that a man would be soft by being raised by women. Not necessarily the truth, I man. Being raised by women kind of made me hard because there was no acceptance of losing when you came home. Yeah. It's all about winning. Mm-hmm. It's all about pride. So, uh, Susha was extremely hard on me, man. She still, she still on me every week, man. Trying to make sure I'm handling my business. Straight so, up, that's a big that's job. <laughs> that's, that's a job. So, uh, you know, I can appreciate that love. And, um, you know, I, my whole deal was like being better than her. I feared nobody.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know if y'all had that growing up when you had a sibling or somebody in your neighborhood, but to fear, get over that fear as a kid to play against somebody, if yeah. you
2: don't fear anybody else, the rest of it becomes challenges to you. Yeah, yeah. We all got that one that you just look up to like they your Jordan and your hood and your life, really, in your life, and then like, once I could beat them, I could beat anybody, basically.
1: Yeah, and that usually
2: comes about that age, of about seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, you usually get that, where you just, you say, yeah. you know
1: what, I can do this now. Now I can do yeah. this. I can let it down. And that's kind of how it was with my sister, man. She was to the point of like, look, yeah, you gotta get a little more physical when you play. So I was like, shit, let me go out here to this hood. I'm gonna get more physical. Turn out yeah. I turned out, I grew like four or five inches that summer, and then you become a man child. So
2: definitely the sister was a inspiration for me, man. That's what I was about to speak on. Tell me how is it that you go from a freshman to your junior year and you get thirteen inches in between that time? Like, how in the world did that happen over two years? You
0: well, slept all summer?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Collard greens, bro. This Collard. <laughs> no, seriously, man, I grew so fast, I actually uh, I had some leg braces on me for a while. Mm. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you grow so fast, your body can't take it. So your knees get weak. They put these leg braces on you to control your growth. Then. The the point of that is this, man, you grow up and then people look at you a little weird. You're a goofy tall kid, you got leg braces on, they're looking at you, you're not the same as everybody else, you don't look the same anymore, and, you know, you can either take that and build off of it, or you can take that and hide. I was the type of kid to probably build off that to say, hey, I got something to show Mm y'all. You know, just give me a little bit of time, this Mm is number growth hormones going, I'll be fine.
0: Yeah. So who told you the to ball off the board and dribble down the court? Because you came out of high school with it. You just didn't do that in the league.
1: Well, you know, back like growing up, it, it was like this, man. You're you only going to get certain shots on the court. You usually got to wait for the guard to bring you the ball. Yeah. And my choice, my choice is, look, man, I'm playing in these suburbs with these kids who can't really deliver me the ball right. My best bet is to get this ball off the board and push, and push it up it. the court and go with it. Mm-hmm. create some opportunities for myself, and by doing that, it's like, hey, now I can pass the ball or I can shoot the ball. But it's getting everybody going in the right motion, and that's what I was really going for. Yeah
0: what What year was it when you felt like, oh man, I'm I'm probably the best, not only in this state, but the best around when when it comes to this high school basketball. Like, what what year was that? Like, he was like, oh, I'm I'm it.
1: That's great, bro. I'm going to tell y'all a story, man. I played in, in Concord High School. they bring bringing Indiana Pacers to our high school. Steve Sapanovich. Sipano, Steve they bring him into the gym. He played me 101 to 10. We played through 1 through 10. I beat him 10-5. I was a freshman in high school. After yeah. that, I, <laughs> after, yeah. on the last point, I even, I even banged on him on the last point. I even dunked <laughs> on him. After that, the school was sold. They were sold,
2: man. They were like, "Yeah, he's going to the NBA." There's no doubt about it. So tell me this: I, I, I kind of share the same type of situation with you. D. Miles is different than us in this respect. Like you didn't win, Mister Basketball, and it Not was enough. literally, it was literally because you didn't choose the state school. So when <laughs> I came out. When I came out, the same thing happened. I actually finished third runner-up. Corey McGetty finished second, and Frank Williams finished first because he ended up going to University of Illinois, which is uh, the state school. University of Illinois never even made it into my top ten, so I finished last. Now, Corey finished second because Duke and Illinois was his final two schools, so... They played the favorites card, which is it seems is the same thing that you hey, that that was you know, all allegedly.
0: Kentucky. That was all allegedly though, that was all allegedly <laughs> <laughs> just-
1: I, I, knew I, I knew I wasn't gonna win Mr. Basketball, man. The day that I picked University of Kentucky over Indiana University, which was Bobby Knight, Bobby Knight personally called me himself and told me he personally told me. There was no chance in hell I was going to win Mr. Basketball (laughs) in by going to So (laughs) There was no chance. (laughs) Either I reversed the decision, or I kissed the Mr. Basketball award away, I told him go with it, man. I'm going to go down here. Wow.
0: Could it it be anybody else that you decided to go to in college?
1: Yeah. Yeah. My my picks was um, UNLV. Indiana University in Kentucky. At the time, them was probably the three powerhouses in the NCAA. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, that was oh. Sean Kemp at UNLV. Yeah, man, matter of fact, um, to let y'all know, after I left the University of Kentucky, I actually went to Trinity Valley Community College only because I was going to UNLV the next year. Me and Larry Johnson was going to play at UNLV the next year. At oh University. my yeah.
2: goodness! Oh my yeah. goodness! Could yeah.
1: So we imagine was, that. Yeah. So um, we had teamed up, and we was like, "Look, we're gonna go both go to UNLV and play." I was watching the All Star game in '88, watching Magic in the All Star game. I called Larry and um and up, and I told him, I said, "Man, I'm going hardship." Man, I'm going. Word. To-.
0: Bet on, yourself, bet on yourself, baby. I feel you. Bet on yourself. Are you Word sure there. Let me ask you your your draft process then. Since you bet on yourself, and then you, you coming out of Trinity, like how many teams you had to work out for, and like who all you had to work. For? You went 17th.
2: And wait a minute though, you did yeah, but you didn't. He he didn't get to play at Trinity JUCO, so that makes it more. Yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. Not like had some game tape that watch, like, how did that go? I'm gonna break this down to y'all, man. I was at Trinity going to school. I didn't
1: play ball at Trinity. I was only going to class there. I actually called Magic up and I told Magic, I said, look, I'm thinking about going hardship. I might need some help with this. Magic hooked me up with some agents. I left Trinity Valley. I moved to L.A. The Lakers was hiding me out for months, man. (laughs) The Lakers, the Lakers was hiding me out in L.A. for months. But that year, the Lakers won the game. They won the championship that year. So I was thinking, like, I don't know if they're going to allow a cat off, off to high school, playing experience, play on their team. They might try to send me overseas. So mm. um, it was like four days before the draft, bro. And then I started going out visiting teams. Seattle was the first team that I visited. I only visit four or five teams. Mm. Seattle was the first team that I visited. I was indulged to go to Seattle and play for them simply because they had a black coach. And I thought that he could help me out and relate to me in more ways than one. Yeah. And I have to necessarily play right away because they had Derek McKee and Xavier McDaniel ahead.
0: Yeah. Right. What was the feeling to be just drafted to the, NBA, like all all the stuff you just went through in high school and all that, the journey that you had to go, that you didn't get the opportunity to play in college, and then like, you get drafted. Like I know that was one of the biggest days of my life. Like how was that for you?
2: Did you go to the actual draft and were you like in the green room and all of that? I
1: didn't go to the draft because I already knew who was gonna draft me. (laughs) Oh, okay. okay. I had a good feeling, I had a good feeling my it was only two teams that was going to draft me:
2: Chicago and Seattle. So we could just talk it up. You had a very unique draft experience. He he was getting hit out to, for for months, not working out for nobody. Really. He wasn't running around doing the whole game like us. The Lakers was trying no. to keep him a fact, secret. I never even played in a pre-draft camp.
0: Mm, you cool though. Yeah, you he could have been a bull.
1: Yeah, he was yeah. a unicorn in the draft. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> And the Chicago, yeah, Chicago really lost out on me, man, because they, in my draft, they had three picks ahead of me. They picked BJ Armstrong mm-hmm. ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Ahead of me, they picked uh, who was the big center to play for? Me? Luke Longley, Bill Cartwright. Oh, draft Luke. They didn't draft Luke. Stacy King. Stacy King. Quick, Stacy King,
2: BJ Armstrong ahead of me
1: mm-hmm.
2: and Seattle. Yeah, to I'm, I'm, I'm from Chicago, <laughs> and you just told me that we could have had Rain Man, and they we picked, yeah, and that was actually twice,
1: man. You know, Chicago actually tried to trade; they traded for me in '94, bro. Mm. They traded me for Scotty. A lot of people don't know that.
0: Wow, and it didn't go through.
1: See, fans wasn't having it, man. They was raising
0: hell out here. So yeah, man, right. I uh, hey. wasn't letting
2: them take the rain, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: So now you in Seattle, and this is like on the other side of Earth. It rain out three sixty five. It's gonna rain three sixty. Like so, so, so I wasn't yeah. out there <laughs> in the rain and just CNC. it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong, it's beautiful, but it rains a lot. Yeah, it's definitely it's a lot of rain out this way.
1: Don't rain so much no more with the weather changing, but definitely it's a lot of rain, man. It's a, some unique people out this way, you know. Um, me coming out here, when these people taught me how to be a millionaire, yeah, they really did. They so, you know, I learned how to be a millionaire off the court before I made a million on the court. Mm-hmm. So those things last a person's life forever because it's teaching you the intangibles about life. Man, I, learned, I made, right. I, made first, I made my first million dollars off a bottle of water. Mm. Wasn't off basketball. Really? When they brought me, being a youngster here, they kind of, kind of taught me how to market myself. You know, brand myself. Yeah. Um, control my own domain. You know, that way, you know, from high school to program, you always have that in the back of your mind that you can't lose because if you lose, you feel like you'll step behind because you didn't make it through college and everything. So one of the... Right. You know, yeah. one, of, one of the things that I've always stayed on myself is that business-wise, I have to stay on top of my game, continually making money, you know, just to just to make myself feel good. Because we took those chances years ago. Yeah, we didn't take
2: those chances years ago to do this today. We gonna win this way all the way through.
1: Yeah,
2: right. Exactly. Hey, so tell me this: you talk about meeting the, the great people in, in Seattle and how they helped impact your life your first year. Y'all get y'all draft my uncle, the OG Gary Payton. Tell me, everybody know the character that the glove is, and 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 who he who he is on the court. Tell us how he was, and your first impression of GP.
1: Man, my first impression of Gary, man, I I knew he liked to talk a lot. <laughs> um, I had been hearing stuff, reading stuff, and seeing him on ESPN. They asked me to go watch a game that Gary played. It was, uh, I believe, it was Oregon State and UCLA. Gary dropped 50 of them in mm. college. Uh, I, was a, I was a fan of his since, man. I didn't think yeah. we were going to have a chance to draft him, but we got lucky in the lottery and came up with the number two pick. Mm. And then uh, and it was all after that, man. Like, it was just like, hey, we're going to have a chance to get somebody good. And then I was like, look, if Gary ain't going to number one, we got to get him a
0: number two. And they promised yeah. me
1: they would get him, and they, they did bring him
0: man. And he brought him home.
1: Yeah, not just because he run his mouth, but man, he a man behind his words, bro. I mean, that when I said, yeah, he um, helped me out in a lot of ways, yeah. more than one, you know. Uh yeah, still to
2: this day calling to check on him. Shit, he just called me by <laughs> three minutes. Yeah, that's my that's hey man, I call him, I call him, I call him either OG or ump, man. He like you say he a real one, one of the realest ones. And, and, and if he gives you his word, you could count on it and take that to the bank. GP gonna be there. Yeah, absolutely, man. His word is bond. there's no doubt about
0: it. When when y'all got on the court, it was a different type of connection. Some of the the lives and some of the passes that he was getting to you like other point guards wouldn't even take the chance to even throw that shit to you. And you'd be like, throw the ball. But with him, it was a connection. too
2: Man, I
1: used to tell Gary, I used to be like, look man, you can, as high as you throw it, I'll
2: catch it. I don't give a damn where you throw it, just throw it. I didn't know he was <laughs> that's gonna how throw it. It. I didn't know he was gonna throw it to
1: the rafters.
2: <laughs> you know, i didn't know he's gonna try to break that, that. Hey, look, that's how it look. Like throw it wherever, I'm going to get it. <laughs> but no, it was fun, man. Truly, I think we had the great chemistry
1: but also, man, we used to get into it a lot, but we respected each other so much, it only made our game better. Yeah. We were the type of cast that, man, if we down by 10 or down by 15, and we walking into the locker room, you might say, yes, man, we might be MFing each other the whole way through. And people might take <laughs> it the wrong way, but basically all we doing is challenging each other. That's all it's yeah. just college, man, you know, when, uh, should we go against Michael Jordan? I'm calling Gary on his phone all day long, man. I'm saying all kind of dumb shit. <laughs> number twenty-three, you
0: know.
1: I'm number
2: twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's he gonna
1: do? You know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So,
2: Put that rise.
1: battery
2: in his back, Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta go. I need you tomorrow. Like, what's he doing?
1: Hey, and, that, and that's when his gang rise up, and then he do the same with me. with Shaq or David Robinson coming in town. He'd be like, look, don't be doing no dumb shit. Don't get a foul trouble tonight on me. Don't be doing no dumb shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the type of relationship that we have, bro. Truly, truly brothers, man. And uh, I appreciate his love, and I appreciate playing with him. Um, he was great to play with.
2: He good dude off the court, smart as hell, bro. Yeah, I can remember the first time I, I can remember watching watching Inside Stuff and seeing y'all do the joint down at the fish market in Seattle when y'all was yeah. doing a catch. Like, bro, I, you know, we grew up on Inside Stuff and really, right. really like loved and lived it. So, like, dog, I was like, I'll never forget. Like, I'm like, man, I remember we went to Seattle. And played, and I remember going down there. Just I didn't do the whole thing, but I just, I just wanted going, to see like, you know, it. Like, we just got to
0: see the fish market because this was crazy. Yeah. This is this
2: what they was at. It was like that was my Rashad. Like, I was a shorty, and I never forget that man. What's up, man?
0: How was it when George Carr came to the team, and y'all kind of stepped up and being a real contender? Because like George Carr came and. Yeah. You know, y'all kind of clicked. Y'all got all the pieces, McMillan, all everybody to fill it all up, way up, and y'all in the dirty West, where it's it's it still is everywhere. So, like, how was that to get George called and really be a contender every year?
1: I'm gonna tell you, I man. My first call from George Call came like this. Uh, I think George was coaching over in Spain somewhere when he got the job. Um, he called. Uh, they fired Casey Jones. And uh, I got a phone call and it said that uh he said hello and I said hello. And he said uh, Sean, this is George Carl, your new coach of the Seattle Supersonics. I just want you to know you're not in the starting lineup no more. Mm. And hung up. I was like, I don't give a damn. I hung up. <laughs> 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 <So>? <laughs> 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 like, like, oh, man, like, but that's what type of guy George was, when he was trying to do. I guess he had heard he was trying to light a fire yeah. inside me, man. Right. I, mean, I guess he was trying to see what yeah. he got. So So, um, taking me out the lineup, it lasted one game, 33 seconds. As <laughs> soon as the clock started, all ball flipped up. One time down court, he was like, should oh, I go? Yeah, get in the game. So, it didn't last no time. But he knew how to, he knew how to get, because right? he knew, the most important thing was you being on the court.
0: Yeah, You
1: know, so, uh,
2: and if you take you off the court, you can't shine. So, George knew that about me, man. So, he knew what you are about as a pull. Tell me about how your experience was in the dunk contest. You was definitely shortchanged. And the, the first one, absolutely. Like, that was like, that was, that was one of the craziest ones of all time for me. But like, just tell me your experience being, being one of the, like, in my opinion, one of the illest illest dunkers of all time, like, especially in-game, but I feel like you put on an absolute show at the All-Star weekends too. How was that for you? Well, I think it was, first of all, man, to let y'all know, it was, a, it was an
1: opportunity for me to uh, create my brand, first of all. So uh, a lot of times young guys look at those opportunities of like going to the All-Star game, being in a dunk contest, it's not so fun or a waste of time, but it's really, it's really a good thing to go experience because you can build off of it. Um, you know, my, my experience at the dunk contest was for me to get everybody's attention inside the building. Nobody knew who I was before the All-Star. After the All-Star, everybody knew who I was. And I was thinking to myself, how can I get everybody's attention? And you can go up and you can do all these sophisticated dunks if you want. But my main thing was to try to rip the goal off the basket. That was mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my only thing. Straight One, up, made it.
0: Duck it hard, oh, yeah, hey, <laughs> yeah. it, hard
1: as <laughs> hell. But I made it I was like, yo, just duck that shit extra hard and let these Ay. people know who yeah. you
2: are. You, know? you did that. That boy was bringing the thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, the rest of it is just about the gimmick. Say like, you know, with D Brown, he did the. You know, he couldn't see, you know D could see. We do eagle. He, <laughs> he sold it. You know, he like, he, you know, that's sold it, <laughs> he, like, he sold it, man. He looked and he's I'm like, come on, man. This dude, he looked it all underneath his arm." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they went for
2: it. That's that's right. the let the duck. He pumped up the shoes, he yeah. had the crowd.
1: Yeah, he got the crowd going and everything. You know uh, Cedric Ceballos. I was in the dunk contest with him. He put the blindfold on. Then somebody threw him the ball. He turned around and caught the ball with the blindfold on. <laughs> 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 so, if he can catch the ball, that I means he can see through the blindfold. When I <laughs> right, the dunk, they thought it was
0: blindfold. One of the ducks I always like, like from your dunk contest is when you like went from the free throw line and you just like your leg. It was like your foot was on your back. Name like I always remember that duck. <laughs> that was one of the coldest ducks ever to me.
1: I um actually the duck you talked about there. It's actually that's actually my uh, my business logo.
0: Oh, they posed mm-hmm. to be. That was that, That's it. Or you swinging around around a rim on the hoop or something like that. Definitely something like that. But like you know when you get to the league and you know you went there with it to get a nickname. is like an honor and a badge for people to even call you something else outside of your real name. To be called Rain Man and see people be like, "That's Rain Man." Like, how was that?
1: Man, it's awesome, man. and that's what I was telling y'all before about the brand, about building it. My first deal was Rain Man Water. Mm. Created man, Rain Man Water. They didn't even they they weren't even selling bottles of water in a store at the time. Mm. I had my own bottle of water, the Rain Man Water. There, so to be able to create that that image, man, and, and still rolling with it uh still out here we still out here making business and, and doing things i mean that's what it's about i think um that's how smarter that we have to become as athletes when we talk to these younger guys we have to tell them basketball is one side of things but you have to you have to worry about branding yourself also and you have to worry about your game so i mean it's a full-time job bro right? For these word kids, for these cats to be successful these days. I don't think a lot of people understand. It's not just about making an NBA check, but that Rainman brand was uh was was a was a label because I wanted to brand myself forever. Do
0: you remember the first time people was calling you Rain Man, like after the game or something? And the, they they first called you Rain Man? How when they first yeah. started calling you Rain, you started hearing it.
1: I felt great because they was calling me Man Child before then. Oh. and I didn't I not I wasn't about man child, so I was like, Right, let me get it. Let's, let's create something. They wanted to call me reindeer, and then they was like, <laughs> <laughs> was like, you know, it was like three or four minutes, man. And then I was like, Then they was like, What about rain, man? And then they was like, and I was like, Rain, man, man, should I know the rain out here all the time? But damn, I want to be the man, but I want to be the man in the rain. It was, like, <laughs> it was like, No, man, rain like, like thunder, like. Yeah. Not R-A, not RA And I was like, well, shit, well, I don't know, let me think about it. And then I, I went to sleep that night, bro. I woke up like two, three in the morning, I called him up, I said, yeah, 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 let's run with that Rain Man shit, that's it, that's the word. <laughs>
0: That's one of the dopest ones ever, man. The glove in the rain, just, it's man. Like, it's man. like baby powder.
2: Hey, it's like it's like baby powder. How you say it just goes, <laughs> it, just, it just goes. <laughs>
0: hey, so you like- Straight up, the- in, in Seattle, like y'all fighting, and like, like I said, y'all go through wars. Y'all got Denver, you got the Lakers, you got all these people through the West that you got to get to, and you finally break the ice. Get to the championship. How was that that whole season for you? Can you explain that whole season?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you about it, man, because at that time, the whole NBA was a little bit on lock, bro, because you got to remember Jordan was going in and out the league at that time, so he had retired, and nobody was quite sure. We actually thought that our opportunity to play against him was going to be gone because he had just retired to play baseball. But I had a feeling, I had a feeling that he was going to come back and play. And yeah. I kept telling him, that's on my team, he's going to come back and play. So when they announced that he was going to come back and play, man, we just, that was it. That was it. That that gave us the motivation. Mm-hmm. And then we took that summer pretty serious. Yeah. Uh, Gary and myself, we started taking the team out to Las Vegas, um, playing ball out in Las Vegas half the summer, working on some different things, just communicating with the guys a lot better. You know, uh, we trusted George in that way. He was always pushing for us to relate to the guys on our team a little bit better. At first, when we went, you know, me and Gary was hard on the guys at first. You know, when guys don't play at your caliber, sometimes you not that you look down at them, but sometimes you can talk down to them because you you're really trying to raise their level of play up. But sometimes you're doing more harm than you are good. Yeah. So we kind of had to have an education of uh, of learning how to relate with the teammates, and we did yeah. that. Yeah. Man, and it worked out fine. We got a chance to uh, practice that whole summer and get ready for, for, uh, for the whole NBA and plus Jordan. And then, um, you know, to make it there, it's so hard to make it to the championship is the hardest thing in the world. You know, and should you get there, then they want to tear the team up. Yeah. So what you think? I think we had a great chance to win the championship, but they broke the team up too early. We just needed another go around, but um, it was their decision to tear the team up.
0: We love the shoe game and one of the dopest shoes, and everybody remember the shoes with the Reebok Kamikaze. When, when Reebok gave you your shoe, like, like, how did you feel? And how was that for you to have your own shoe? In oh, it?
1: man, that's, that's major, man. Um, matter of fact, you know, that's, that, that comes from that slam dunk contest. And, you know, uh, I knew um, I wanted to be with Nike. Michael Jordan had some of his contract. He could make more money than him. Charles Barkley had some in his contract. You couldn't make more money than him.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they said, well, you got to wait your turn. So after the dark contest, I said, well, when I'm switching shoes. So I ended up signing with Reebok. Thank God, man, they, they've been looking out for me. I'm still making shoes. When I'm, you know, uh, we're making, still making this kamikaze shoes still. I think I got three shoes coming out this month, low times. So, Straight up. Yeah, man, so Straight it's, been, up. A, it's been a true blessing be with them 20, 25 years, still making shoes, the same shoe company. But what they did for me, Darius, is uh, they gave me that badge, man, they put that badge on my heart. Like, as a ball player, that's what you want, you want somebody to believe in yeah. you. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. necessarily, not necessarily about that money, about that check, yeah. but the belief in you, when, that, when a sponsor put that belief in you, and they give you that shoe money, that shoe money, it takes you, personally to another level inside yourself. You say, oh, yeah. shit I've been for all these years. This shit is real, man. I already put this work in and this is what, yeah, yeah
2: this shit make me feel like a people yeah. man. Let me ask you this, right? Speaking straight to that, knowing how you get that shoe money. I, I like to always ask the question, like being frank, right? You know how it is. We A lot of us come from where we ain't really had a lot in our That's life. So, so when you got that bag and you got that money, like, what did you do that made, that you wanted to do? Like, man, right, I finally got this money. Like, cause I know, you know, I might have, I got a chain, somebody might have got a car. What, what you did, did you look back on? Like, yeah, maybe it wasn't the smartest thing, anywhere, but like, look, that made me feel unbelievable at whatever age I was. And I'm glad, you know what I'm saying, that I got to do that at that time.
1: Man, I got that first shoe
2: money. I went
1: down there to the Cadillac dealership and bought me a fleet one. I
2: called Gary. I called,
1: him, I called Gary on the phone and told him I was going down there to me a Fleetwood. Shit, Gary came down there and bought him a second a, a hero. <laughs> 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 on D-Way. <laughs> yes.
0: On D-Way.
1: I'm called, called to Fleetwood. He bought the DeVille, man. We walked out of there,
2: man. We was feeling good, man. It was just my wasting a little money having no fun, man. Hey, Boss Hogs, that is like epic day. Can't never recreate that day. That was one of the best days ever, though. Yeah. Well, both of the two young boys walked in and walked out. That's how we <laughs> do
0: it. <laughs> I asked you this. like, uh, When you got traded from Seattle, when you left Seattle, did you want to leave Seattle? Or or, or did you want to just go on and start a new journey and just see what it what is what was else out there for you?
1: Well, I'm gonna break this down. I said, man. I'm gonna tell you what, that's a hell of a question and I'm glad you asked me that. At that time, Darius, man, there was a lot of things going on and I'll break this down to you fast. In the NBA, the contracts wasn't that great. You know yeah, what mm-hmm. I mean? They weren't that great. In my mind, I wanted to break a hundred million. Nobody had a hundred million dollar contract yet. Hmm. I was, it wasn't about, it wasn't about Sean Kemp making 100 million, but what it was about was breaking the barrier because I thought that we deserved more money. Real hard. Yeah. So, I think Larry Johnson signed for 84, 84, 83 million, 82 million or something like that. I think Gary Payton signed for 86 million, something like that. The money I was asking for, I knew Seattle wasn't going to be able to pay me. I yeah. knew that off top. I made sure that all these guys on my team in Seattle got new contracts, including Gary. I'm, I didn't leave the team until everybody got a new contract. Yeah. In my heart, I kind of knew I was gonna have to leave because they weren't gonna pay me a hundred million dollars.
0: Yeah, year. they won't give you what
1: you so, want. Hmm. Yeah, the only way that you're gonna get a hundred million, man, and I, and I had six years left on my contract. Yeah. You gotta remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm, I was the first athlete ever who got a hundred million dollars. Who still has six or seven years left on his contract.
2: Usually, you get that as a free agent,
1: yeah,
2: right? You got up in the middle of it and got up out yeah, of it, and you had to go ahead and have because
1: it. of that shoe money. I told them they could go, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I sit back I and would, wait. I got a look, I got a little time <laughs> on my hand. I sit back and wait. I got time today.
0: Never that's gave you money, money. <laughs> G-
2: gave you a little leverage Absolutely. right there. I feel that's you. what it's about. It comes
1: down to leverage, man, and I think, uh. You know, that year, they had the All-Star game in Cleveland. It was a beautiful arena, man, brand new. You know, out here in mm-hmm. Seattle, we had this old raggedy-ass arena we've been playing in for years. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, it was a great All-Star game. After the All-Star game, I kind of let the Cavs know, man, that I was interested in playing in it yeah. in a new arena, man. So, I, why play in something old when you can play in something new? Real talk. Get the finances ready. Yeah,
0: I and then, I lived in Cleveland and and like we got our ass kicked while I was in Cleveland, but I loved the city. and It reminded me of of the crib. I I just loved how it was there. And Cleveland got a lot of rich people down there, <laughs> like real good city.
1: Cleveland is a great city, and they got Midwest great
0: facilities. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, great. Great yeah.
2: just couldn't win no games. You know, should y'all saw, we can win no games back there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, tell me about that first year with them though. Like you was a that was an all star year for you. You played all eighty two games, averaged a dub a double double, like highest points of your career. Like I felt like you was on one out there. Like you said, y'all just weren't really strong enough as a team.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the that's the chances that you play, man. Sometimes, um, as an athlete, when you say to yourself, you can you can only say to this you know, to yourself, just to yourself when you get in this position, say, hey. Do you go after the wins or do you go after the money? Well, after you been played seven or eight years, you got to take care of yourself.
0: Oh, you already know. <laughs> you have to take care of yourself. You know that does.
1: I made that decision to go to Cleveland. It was a financial move. Now, going to Cleveland, I knew we wasn't going to win much games. So I have to accept that. So I, I think my first year in Cleveland, man, I played with 10 rookies. Mm. You know, I played with 10 rookies. And we made it to the second round of the playoffs. So that's not too bad.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah, that's you was going. Wow. Uh, you was going through one that year. I remember that year. you was going through one on the ass. That year.
1: Word, word. <laughs> yeah, my my problem came the next year. Yeah, is when the league went on strike. Yeah. ass got. That's when the problem came. But you know, other than that, uh, you know, up until then, it was uh, it was it uh, was was
0: priceless. When we got to the league, you you was with Portland. You, you left Cleveland. You was with Portland. Y'all had so much star power. Like Portland Squad was like some of your favorite players boy, ever from top boy, to, to fucking bottom.
1: Yeah, no out man.
2: Yeah.
1: It was just at a time where, you know, it was uh that was Shaq and Kobe's time, I believe, man. Yeah. Um going hard. It was it was going hard to paint at that time. Kobe Kobe had something to prove. Shaq had something to prove. That was a tough task to take on um uh, for us, uh you know, being in Portland, but we had some good battles against them. We even had a couple chances to beat them for a couple years. But um, yeah, you know, Kobe was a beast. He was definitely a beast in the playoffs.
0: Young Jermaine O'Neal was in Portland, right? When you was there, yeah. when you there with J-
1: man, Jermaine O'Neal was something else, man. He actually he was my he was my teammate for very long because they actually traded for Dell Davis and sent him on to Indiana. So oh, okay, um, I, guess I didn't get a chance to play with Jermaine. I mean, Jermaine got he's one of the best high school to pro talents ever, I think. I mean, especially as a complimentary four and a five. You don't know you can play him at either one. He can shoot the jumper or to take you to the hole.
0: And it was one more it was one more guy that I wanted you to speak on that I know you, you had him too as a young guy, my my guy Zeebo. Oh
1: no, no. I used to take him to the gym off season, during the season, the whole shebang that first year and work out with him. Um We knew he could do it, man. It was just the fact of him getting the opportunity. Unfortunately, he had six or seven big men in front of him that year.
0: Yeah, he did. He
1: did. He's the lowest lowest vertical, best basketball
0: (laughs) player. player. (laughs) (laughs) You already know. I don't even know how get he get all the rebounds. No he phone. can't jump off the ground. Man, <laughs> sweetest, ugliest turnaround jump shot you ever seen. Oh, so and much this, touch this, on this, the end of. <laughs> like so, we
2: had we had the OG DC Derek Coleman on here. Y'all, both teammates, members of Dream Team Two. He has some very Ooh, interesting yeah. things to say when it came down to, to to with Dream Team Two beat Dream Team One. Now, nah, I'm, mm. I'm 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 I'm, I'm going to stay out of it. Yeah. I, everybody know I'm a big MJ fan and all that. I'm, I I would just love to hear your opinion cuz I, I I do
0: DC agree. say y'all have fucked them up. He say
2: no questions about <laughs> it. DC say, say y'all have he, fucked he, them he, up. What is your Ain't take no question. on the Dream Team 2 versus Dream Team 1? First of all, man, they the Dream
1: Team 1 had MJ with Dream Team two, we had Shaq and SK. Donald. Okay, there's no way they were gonna get across. And Shaquille O'Neal and Larry Johnson, Dom, Dominique. When Dominique yeah. couldn't even get off the bench, man, playing hey, with look, us, man. Look. So <laughs> you know, we had we had it, man. Like seriously, like people people forget, man. That dream team too was a tough team with Reggie Miller, Mark Price, oh, Squad. Those guys on the outside, Joe Dubar KJ.
0: KJ yeah. was on that squad. Yeah. Ooh, it was some heat.
1: And I've had this conversation with some of the guys off the Dream Team one. Like I told Charles, man, they was just too old, man. We was young. <laughs> we was young bucks at
2: the time. They that didn't want the, man. They didn't that Hey, look, that's we two for two, man. Look. DC said it emphatically. Sound like you <laughs> said it emphatically. Okay. I did not want that smoke, man. With too much. I mean, come on, Derek Coleman
1: shooting the ball like he was and dribbling. We put him at point <laughs> forward and everybody just go, man. We had we had to fire, bro. Please believe me. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It was, I like it. Was Great I practices. Have. Yeah. Great practices. Yeah, it was good playing with
2: Shaq. Definitely good playing with Reggie Miller. Um but yeah, that dream Team too was something special, bro. Hey, tell me this, what was your we we all got to sit back during the quarantine and watch the last dance with MJ. Tell me what was your what was your take from that when you got to see, especially seeing the part when it got to y'all series and all that and seeing how y'all went at it. Well, I mean, I was happy for Michael. I think um yeah. people needed to see that side of him.
1: You know, but for, for, for so long, us that know him and have met him, we know that side. Well, other people needed to see that side of him. So I'm actually glad that he made that. Uh, you know, the way he was talking about Gary them not being the to him, <laughs> Michael was tripping on him. <laughs> you know, we had him rattled, man. We had him rattle for a little while, but he definitely, you know, yeah. you can only, you can only contain him yeah. for so long. He's he just always been the type of brother man that's always gonna win. You can't really say much bad about it because he's won in pretty much everything that he's done. Um, but it was a pleasure to play against him. You know, I think a lot of him, and
2: uh, yeah, you know, um, we had him rattled in the series. Though, say what he want. Yeah, yeah. I want to know your opinion on on a guy that reminds me of a combination of like you and Larry Johnson. And when you look at Zion Williamson, what what do you like? Because I know you like everybody else. We saw him coming up just on high school saying, saying like crazy highlights of him. And then you see him go to Duke and you see him now. Like, what do you look at him and you think he needs to do to, to, to really make it click for him as far as his body and everything he brings to the table? What's your take on Zion Williamson? Cause I think, I mean, obviously he has, you know, the, the, the crazy ceiling and a crazy future, but what do you think he needs to do to really like connect with his body and, and make everything hit on all cylinders?
1: Man, I mean, just take care of I mean, first of all, just take care of his body. If the young fella take care of his body, that that everything else will take care of himself. Mm-hmm. But the other thing for him, man, is, is just go have fun. At his age, he should be playing on the court with a smile on his face, man. Smile on his face because he's having so much fun. Yeah. If he gets his body right, he's gonna have fun on the court. I remember seeing Zion play I remember seeing him at Duke and he was uh a, he was a little he weighed a little bit less in a little better shape because he didn't have any knee problems or anything, but I think he had more of a smile on his face. You can really tell the people who are enjoying the games because when you enjoy the game of basketball, generally you smile. Yeah. When you see guys frowning and shit, that's because they, they're unhappy with the way they're playing and they're unhappy with the way things are going. Yeah. So I think generally, man, if he just takes care of his body, comes with a uh, better attitude, a refreshed attitude, and just play, what, play for a purpose, and um, just smile, man, smile on the court. Man, he making a ton of money. He having fun doing what he wanted
2: to do. Yeah. There's no reason not to be smiling. Man. When you started to see him, did you like think like, ooh, see flashes of yourself and things like, because like how you say, you was trying to pull the rim up. Like that young boy, he brings the thunder. He assaults the rims. He reminds me of like a, a slash between you and Larry Johnson. When he went at that rim, it is look out. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. I think um, the roof is as is high as he can go, bro. But all you got to do is just
1: worry about the basics, man. I've been liking this game for some time now. I actually seen him play years ago in the AAU circuit. And he was doing the same thing, just dominating kids. But uh, his future is just going to be fine. A lot of times, man, when you come in, you got so many people talking to you. It sometimes takes you a year or so to get you everything right, to measure out all the court stuff outside of basketball. So I'm thinking this year he's going to come in with a – a better, a better, a better attitude, a refresh attitude, man, and just dominate because he can play. You can just see in the games that he played a little bit this year. I mean, if he if he take off ten pounds, man, he jumped that much higher. He runs that much. Faster. Yeah. So he goes to being the yeah. same player that he was to do. He's dominating the league because they can't stop.
0: Him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like your era could have played in the bubble?
1: I think if they would have, some of the guys would have struggled. Uh, a lot of these guys. That played in my era often think that they could play with these guys today, but they they don't realize how fast and how athletic these young men are, and how good that they can shoot the basketball. I believe that I, I would have had no problem playing in today's era, but everybody couldn't shoot the basketball back then, and everybody didn't have that much speed. Yeah. I you know I, I'm I'm one of the guys who um who actually can enjoy some of these young guys playing basketball these days. I don't necessarily look at the game and say that the guys in the 90s were better. I think the guys in the, I think the game was wrapped differently back in the 90s. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that the guys were necessarily better players.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for me, I think that's all about preference, about what era you like. But if anybody is being honest, these players, the players that are playing now, their evolution is way faster and way farther than we ever thought i mean and that's that's it's part it's because of us they got to see us and before us and everything we saw and then remix and freak that out the way we were just remixing the stuff before us and you know so the, after they got that they got a full library we just got you know what i'm saying and the people after them gonna evolve more and be able to do more too so i'm, I'm like you i just appreciate it and i'm always a fan of the nB I'm not one of the you know, retired guys, like, oh, I don't like... I mean, of course, I, I think it's a little soft. I mean, obviously, it's not as tough or as rugged as it was when we played or like, nowhere near when you guys played. But, I mean, I, I'm still not one of them people that's critical of it. I, I'm a big fan of all of the guys. And I think the overall, like, the talent, league-wide, league-wide, player for player, it's out of this world at this point. You got so many dudes that could do so many different things. that You know what I'm saying? It brings so much to the table. Like how he held up that, that, that Sean Kemp tape. Yeah. They can't do that in the NBA no more right now and just make one tape. It's too many people. You got to make a whole everything about everything. It's like, it's too hard just do one tape like that. But like back then, you guys, as a you as a superstar, it wasn't another Sean Kemp running around the league. You well, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like... Now it's like five of, of, I mean, obviously you got your unicorns, but it's, it's a lot of talent. Yeah, I, I agree with
1: you, but, um, you know, I look at these guys, I look at just the talent, I see what they're doing. Um, you know, you got guys that are seven feet out here having the ball, um, making passes that point guards can't make. So uh, you get a little bit of everything in today's game. Of course, like you said, the toughness, the toughness isn't there, but definitely the IQ of the basketball game is still there and the will to play. You know, and shit, I'm I'm impressed with LeBron at his age. Yeah, me crazy. I watched him in his first game, do some do some do a couple of dunks. He did these dunks at the age of 35. I mean, man, I wasn't dunking like that at 35. I mean, I mean, he's putting it down for real. I mean, you have to give that a lot of respect, regardless of who you are. So you know, yeah. people say is LeBron better than Michael Jordan? Man, I don't know, but I tell you what, man, he's really still putting it down at a high level
2: right now. Yeah. I'm one of the people, I'm one of the people that when I played in the league, obviously up until a certain point when they left, I, I absolutely love Seattle as a city. I love going at a play against the Supersonics. Like you obviously are, are, you know, uh, one of the biggest faces of the Seattle franchise. Like, how do you feel about? them not being there anymore, not having a super science, and what do you think the chances are of them bringing the team back to Seattle? Because I, I really believe that Seattle was a great NBA city. I I felt like the fans were great out there. The team was a good team, always competitive, and I don't see why they wouldn't be able to have a team in that city, and I know that the fans are, you know, the fan base is there and wants it. What is your take on that? I think, um I'm glad you asked me, I think it's going to come back. The team will be back. I just, you know, what the one thing
1: is like a, like a country song, bro. It's easy to get rid of it, but it's hard to get it back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like it. So when you, get, when you have a team, you got to hold on to that team like it's something that you really want. Yeah. Because if you let it go, you're not sure when they're going to give it back. Of course they're going to give it back, but you don't know when they're going to give it back. But the best thing about that situation is that this year they're opening up the first year for, for hockey. Hockey's going to be here in Seattle. They built a brand new arena for hockey, and I believe that arena can be used for the NBA also. So I'm hoping here in the next two to three years, something can get worked out where uh, the NBA expands two teams because it doesn't seem like they're gonna sell. I know they've been making offers on certain teams here, and it hasn't worked out, so they'll have to expand two teams in order for us to get one. So hopefully that can happen in the future because this is a great market, bro. Good market, and people miss basketball out here. You know I'm still absolutely. Yeah, I'm still out here doing business years later, and it's
2: uh, it's a good market to be in. Word up, man! This is love, bro. We know you don't even jump out there too much, so we know you came out for us. to Pull up. That's that's major love, bro. I appreciate y'all. I see y'all working hard. Gary had told me that y'all started doing the show, man.
1: So I was, I had been looking off. So I'm gonna let him know that I did the show, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Yes, yeah. up,
2: man. We appreciate it, OG.
1: playerstribute.com